Hey, uh, we are so blessed today. One of our students and, and uh, a son of mine in the faith uh, has returned. You know, the prodigal son has returned. Well, and you had a father that was on the porch waiting. See, your prodigal, prodigals can't return unless you got a father waiting. Hey, that'll preach somebody. Somebody hashtag that, you know. Uh, but Corey Hankins is, is one of our students that grew up and stayed in love with Jesus and has made it his passion now uh, to serve Jesus. We put him on staff as our assistant student minister, and, and uh, he does a great job at all that. The kids love him. I love him. Y'all will love him even though he's wearing skinny pants. You'll still love him. Corey, come on up here. Uh, give him a hand clap. Corey is, uh, we're actually going to tag team this morning. If you've never seen tag team preaching, we're about to do it. He's not going to tag me in because he starts doing bad because it's good. It's real good word. He's just going to tag me in because he just wants me to have some fun too. And so uh, y'all give him another hand clap. Mom, I thought we went to Disney Community because we like Disney Community. My mama never told me <laughs> that's all we could afford. I love Disney community. Don't get it twisted. But no, nah, I'm playing. Yes, I'm the assistant student uh, minister here. That's kind of an oxymoron because our students are the ministers. If you have a pulse, they want to pray for you. They want to pray with you. They want to pray over you. They want to prophesy over you. They want to do everything they can do to get you where God's called you to be. Amen. Uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you brought it. If you didn't bring it, no worries. I remembered to grab mine before I left the house this morning. Praise God, we got some laughs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Matthew 3, verse 16. Uh, before I start, I'm going to talk about myself a little bit because I love me some meat. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I get the privilege and the honor to serve as assistant student minister here. I love it. I love uh, this church. I love our youth. They're amazing. Uh, they get bigger. They get better. Uh, they're more anointed every time I see them. They're amazing. Uh, I also work at uh, Como Picton Junior High as a paraprofessional. I work with special needs there, and I, I get to be in classes with, um, with uh, most of the students. And so every day when I wake up, I get the opportunity to say, today I can impact a young person's life. You know, I said I can. Uh, I pray that every day I do, but every day I get the opportunity to, to be the light of Jesus in a, in a lost world, to be the light of Jesus in a junior higher's life. And I remember when I was in junior high, it was really awkward. I didn't know what skinny jeans were. It was rough. It was a hard time for me. I, all I was rocking was plaid, uh, button-ups, unbuttoned with a white shirt, and some, uh, some like, jorts. It was, it was jort season. It was a rough time in Corey Hankins' life. It's George season 24-7, but it's going to be a good day. The Cowboys are playing. The Falcons are playing. We speak against any 49er that would try to come against us. That spirit shall not prosper. I don't know. We're going to get it started. Matthew 3, verse 16, and this is Jesus' baptism. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he, was, he uh, went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Uh, chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. 
And then we're going to skip down to verse 7. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Quick pausing moment. If worship is that important to the enemy that he would give up all his kingdoms and all his splendor to you, how much more important is it for us to worship the Lord? I'm going to get right back to the word. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. I'm going to pray real quick, but before I do that, uh, the Holy Spirit gave me a word to tell y'all. In the first service, I was insanely nervous. I'm still insanely nervous, but we're going to get through it. It's going to be good. Amen. But I was sitting there, and uh, Damon was talking about me so nicely uh, in first service, and I got ready to get up here, and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, it's go time. And I've been, you know, praying, uh, reading, going over my notes, revising my notes a hundred million times. And finally, after all this, all this preparation, all this practice, it's go time. Don't get so caught up in the practice and the preparation that you never get to your go time. It's go time for every single one of you in this building right now. It's go time in your schools. It's go time in your works. It's go time in your family. It's go time. It is not the time for practice and preparation. Yes, there was a season for practice and preparation. Yes, there is importance in the practice and preparation. But tell me right now, what time is it? Amen. I'm going to pray real quick. Father, we love you. God, we love you. You're so, so amazing. Wonderful, wonderful God, amazing Savior. We thank you for every blessing that you have coming our way. We thank you for every good thing you have given us, Father. No good thing you have you withhold, withheld from us, Father. Uh, I ask that as your word is anointed, you would anoint my words. Father, I thank you that you will squeeze every ounce of faith that I have inside of me. Father, I thank you that it is coming out right now. Father, thank you for all these things. Be with the Cowboys, Jesus. They need it. And everybody said, amen. I'm a TBI alumni, a TBI graduate. This is the same place Damon went, same place Hunter's at, and the same place Kendall's at. Praise, not praise the Lord that she's gone, but praise the Lord that we've got some people getting some training and they're coming back. And they're coming back, amen. We call it in right now. They're coming back. But uh, what happens is you go through the discipleship and the leadership sem uh, semesters, and then we have a thing called Discovery Camp. And it's where we host our own uh, summer camps for different different uh, churches that come. And we went back in 2013. Uh, it's amazing. It's awesome. And so I got the opportunity to be on summer staff there during the summer. And so uh, I was a lifeguard. I'm CPR first aid certified for the professional rescuer. I hope I don't have to use it anytime soon. I'd rather pray for you. But anyways, um, and so we do kids kids camps. And so the, the little, little babies will come and uh, <laughs> the little babies will come and you know, learn about Jesus, and it's awesome. And our theme was, it's his parade. Well, we have what's called camp characters, and I was a camp character, and they're just like funny, cool people, obviously. Anyways, um, and so I, my name was Surfer Sam, and Surfer Sam was the coolest dude ever. All the kids loved him. He had a sister named Surfer Samantha, and his cousin was astronaut Andy. And so... Uh, <laughs> And so uh, the theme was, it's his parade. Well, the kids would yell, like, it's, it's his, his, his parade. And so they would yell, it's his parade. Well, I would come from backstage, and I would get parade mixed up with partay. And so I would come out and be like, somebody say partay. 
And I, you know, did different fun things, and then I would play a game with the kids. And so what happened is after the first and the second day, the kids started to really uh, enjoy Surfer Sam. They loved Surfer Sam. And so I would get out of service. <laughs> I'm going to come hang out with you. I never get to see you all over here. I'm always on that side. Love y'all guys. <laughs> I'm on a mission trip right now. <laughs> and so I would, I would be coming out of service, and I'd, you know, I'm a tank top on, my, my swim trunks, my fanny pack, my whistle. Um, fa- hey, don't hate the fanny pack. Fanny pack's, <laughs> fanny pack's making a comeback. And so I would be walking to my post, and all these kids would be following me, and they'd be like, Surfer Sam, Surfer Sam, you're Surfer Sam. And I'm like, no, I'm not Surfer Sam. Like, my name's Corey. They're like, no, your name's Surfer Sam. And I'm like, no, that's, no, I'm, I don't even know who Surfer Sam is. They're like, no, you're Surfer Sam. I know you're Surfer Sam. I saw you on platform. You're the Surfer Sam. You come out and say, it's his birthday. And then we play a game, and then Miss Abby shoots you up, and then we get back to the Jesus stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not Surfer Sam. Well, what we've done in the church is that we've had people come up to us and tell us who we are when we forgot our true identity. You see, the reason I know I'm not Surfer Sam is because I was given a birth certificate with my name and date of birth and all that good stuff. I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm sure it's there. Hey, it's about to get good. But I have a birth certificate. It doesn't matter how long ago I got it. It doesn't matter how old the birth certificate is. Some of y'all's are older than mine. I'm not going to hate. But some people's birth certificates are older. It doesn't matter when you got the birth certificate. It's still true. It doesn't matter when you got the birth certificate. It's still true. It doesn't matter if you haven't seen the birth certificate in a while. It's still true. With Jesus, he came out of the water. He hadn't preached. He hadn't teached. He hadn't healed. He hadn't worked a miracle. He hadn't done anything like that. And it said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen, when you were born again, when you experienced the new creation reality, God says the same exact thing about you. You are my son. You are my daughter in whom I am well pleased. In the NLT, it says, with whom I have great joy. With who brings me great joy. You have to understand that your life You being born again, you serving God, brings great joy to him. He's not a CEO that's at a very uh, distance. He's not uh, saying, oh, that's cool that they're doing that over there. No, God is personally invested in your life, his personal stake in your life. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what I do after I receive that birth certificate. That birth certificate is still true. I don't care if you have tattoos. I don't care if you wear skinny jeans. I don't care if you drink. I don't care if you smoke. I don't care if you do any of those things. You're still a son of God. You're still a daughter of God. What I do does not change who I am, but who I am should change what I do. You are not what you do. Can I tell you that real quick? You are not what you do. You're not a welder. You're not an electrician. You're not a teacher. You're not a paraprofessional. You're not an oil worker. You're not this. You're not that. You're a son and a daughter of God. Amen? Amen. Woo! And I'm a very excited person, so if I start yelling, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just excited about what Jesus is going to do in you and through you. Amen. You have to realize your identity of a son and not of a slave. 
too many of us have got caught up in the idea of slavery and not sonship because what the church has done is taught you the rules and not the relationship. What the church has done is saying, act this way, do this, wear this, do that, before you ever fell in love with Jesus. So that way when you get to Jesus, you already boxed up with all these things that you put on uh, saying what Christianity is. Yes, I wear skinny jeans, but skinny jeans does not define my relationship with Jesus. I can still love Jesus in shorts. I can guarantee you. You cannot let these things define who you are as a Christian. You have to let the love of God that is in you define you as a Christian. Because what has happened is we've told people the rules. And so what we've done is we've raised up, we've raised up legalists, we've raised up moralists, we've raised up religious Pharisees before we ever got to the point of them loving Jesus. If we'd have just told them about Jesus and let them fell in love with Jesus before we showed them all that, it would have changed the whole game. Because when you love Jesus, all that stuff doesn't matter. Because I love my dad, I don't, I just do what he says. It's not a commandment to me, it's a respect. It's a love. Dad, I love you, therefore I'm not going to do that. And listen, Jesus is about fun. I'm going to let you know real quick. Jesus is fun. He's not telling you those things just so you won't have fun. That's what I thought whenever I was young. I "I just don't want to have fun. Jesus just doesn't want you to get hurt. Jesus sees ahead. He's a big picture God. He sees ahead of the way you're going. He said, that's going to lead you to divorce, to anger, to bitterness, to hurt. He doesn't want you to go through those things. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to get back to the word. You have to realize your identity of a son and not of a slave. Luke 15, 11, the prodigal son. I was looking at this earlier, and I, you have to look and see what the son got versus what the slave got. The son got the steak. He got the calf. He got the ribeye, the New York strip. I used to work at a meat market, so no, <laughs> at Brookshire's. He got the ribeye, got the New York strip, got the T-bone, got the porterhouse, got the, all, the, all that thing. He got the fresh kicks. He got the Yeezys. He got the premium New Balance. He got the J's. He got the crisp skinnies. He got the new outfit, and he got the celebration. Let's look at what the slave got real quick. Luke 15, 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. The son got the kicks, the celebration, and the calf. The slave got bitter, he got angry, and he refused to go back to his father. This is why identity is so important in your life. Because if you serve God out of the idea of a sonship, you'll get the kicks, you'll get the celebration, you'll get the calf. Those things will come. But you can't let that uh, orbit around your mind. You can't let that be your sole focus. You want the father to be your focus, and all those other things are peripheral. The slave got bitter, he got angry, and he refused to go back in. This is what we would like to call church hurt. You get angry, you get bitter, and you refuse to go back into your father's presence. In the word, it says that the father had to go out and plead with him. When you haven't been in church in a while, sometimes the father will send people to come out and plead with you. They'll see you on a Saturday night, and they'll say, no, that's not you. That's not how you're... No, I know you. That's not you. You'll get a text from Damon. You'll get a text from Derek. You'll get a text from Jeff. Hey, man, I haven't seen you in a while. I love you. 
Just because we haven't seen you doesn't mean we don't love you. We love all y'all. We love all y'all. The Father will go out and plead with you to bring you back. Do you see how much of a personal investment Jesus has in your life? In your life, not just my life, your life. Your life, your life, your life. He has a personal stake and investment in your life. Can I tell you, Jesus, God gets sad when people leave the church. And I'm not talking a building, I'm talking a family. God gets hurt when you get hurt. Was it saying Romans, Romans 12? It says, uh, cry with those who are sad, be happy with those who are happy. God cries when you cry. Was it saying when Jesus was at the tomb with, uh, with uh, Lazarus? He wept. He, the message says he experienced deep and profound anger. We don't serve a God of a stone wall. We serve a God of emotion. The key is he doesn't let emotion rule him. These are the reasons people get church hurt and leave. Now, when you leave the church, what did God say? What did Jesus say? He was the, he was the bread of life. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. When you leave the church, you don't get fed. And can we get an amen? Everybody loves getting fed. Amen. Juan Pablo's. I'll take a Southwest chicken salad, extra chicken. Whew. I'm gonna have I'm about to have Mitch I'm gonna have I'm about to have Mitch play that song again. Say tongues of fire. After I ate that pico. <laughs> That's not what the song's talking about. Big disclaimer, right quick. Back to Matthew four. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jesus knew it was coming. And can I say this? If Jesus was tempted, I'm gonna leave it at that. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit, key word, by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That to be is a future, future, I don't know. I'm in English one, my first period, but I'm still trying to get it because I haven't been in English one in like five, six, seven, eight years. To be means future. The enemy did not come on the 30th day, on the 20th day. He came after the 40 days of the fast when it says Jesus was what? Hungry. The tempter didn't arrive till Jesus was hungry. And I'm not talking Juan Pablo's, I promise. You don't the tempter won't come until you're hungry. The way you get hungry is you get the slave mentality, you get angry, you get bitter, you get church hurt, and you leave. That's when you get hungry. The tempter's not going to come. I'm going to hop down real quick. Oh, y'all are amazed I can do that in these teens. Some of y'all were like, oh. Some of y'all started praying for me. <laughs> the tempter doesn't come when you're like, times of fire. The tempter's not in your ear right then saying, oh, are you the son of God? The tempter's not in your ear when you're being fed. I don't get stomach hunger when I'm already fed. I don't, the tempter doesn't come. That ice chocolate sundae and the churros on top don't come when I'm full. It comes when I'm hungry, amen? 
The tempter comes when you're hungry. And I'm going to reveal it real to you real quick. He won't come blatantly. Amen? Because the enemy is a trickster. He's not going to come right hook and kick you while you're down. That's not him because he doesn't have the power or the authority to do that because you have power and authority over him. The tempter's going to come and whisper in your ear, just like he did Jesus, if you are the son of God, blank. Let me fill this in for you. If you are the son of God, why are you unemployed? If you are the son of God, why didn't your mom get healed? If you are the son of God, why isn't your husband in church today? If you are the son of God, why are you experiencing these financial difficulties? If you are the son of God, why haven't you experienced healing in your life? If you are the son of God, why haven't these miracles come forth? I know I'm preaching good, but you ain't responding good. If you are the son of God, blank. I'm telling you right now, he'll come into your ear and he'll say, if you are the son of God, blank. He will attack everything he can attack. And really, it's what you're believing for. In, in this, the three times the enemy came to Jesus, he said, he attacked his identity first and second. He said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. Then he went after Jesus' inheritance. He said, if you will bow down and worship me, then I'll give you all the kingdoms and the splendor. This is why the enemy will first attack your identity and then attack your inheritance. Because he knows if you can get you questioning your identity, then you'll give up your inheritance. If I know I'm an heir to a king, I'm not going to give up my royal palace. If I know I'm the heir to a fortune, I'm not going to give out my fortune. If he can get you to question who you are and whose you are, then he can get what he wants from you. In Luke 1529, the slave says this, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, legalism, yet you never gave me even a goat for me to celebrate with my friends. And some of y'all, I mean, some of y'all are like, I don't even want a goat. It's not about the goat. I can promise you. And you're not in this church saying, if Jesus would only give me a goat. Oh, Father, I'm believing for a goat. Well, it's not about the goat. Some of you are saying, I've been in this church how long and I can't even get a financial breakthrough? I've been believing for this thing for 10 years and I can't even get a goat? We ain't even talking about the calf. We're talking about the goat. Catch that real quick. The son got the calf. The slave is only worried about the goat. You may say, I'm believing for this healing, but I can't even get rid of these sniffles. I'm believing for this financial breakthrough, but I can't even get through this headache. Quit believing for the goat. Believe for the calf. Believe for the calf. I want the calf. I want the, the big calf, too. I'm not going for no shrimpy calf. I want a lot of steak. It looks like this. I've been at this church blank years, and I don't get to. I've been at this church how many years, and I can't even lead a base group? I've been at this church how many years and Mitch won't even let me sing? I've been, <laughs> I've been at this church how many years and Damon won't even let me go upstairs? I've been at this church how many years? I can't even go into the 5.6 even though my kid is in 5.6. I'm not saying that's any of y'all. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are beautiful. Y'all look good. Ugliness was abolished at the cross. Amen. 
the reason that he attacks his identity first and then his inheritance is because the slave wants the goat. That came off weird. The son knows that everything the father has is his. The slave says, I can't even get a goat. I can't even get this little measly thing. When the son knows, Father, you've already told me in your word that all that you have is mine and that all that I have is yours. Father, this is a relationship. It's not legalism. It's not rule following, Father. I think that I love you and no good thing do you withhold from people that love you. Father, I think that uh, it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom, Jesus. Father, I think that it pleased you to have the fullness of God dwell in you, Jesus, and therefore in me now. The son knows that he has access to what the father has. The slave doesn't have access to anything the father has. The slave only has access to what the father gives him. You have access to the kingdom. To take the deal that the enemy would give you would be to miss out on everything that God has for you. And if you let the enemy steal your identity, he will take your inheritance along with it. I'm closing, and if Damon would come up, we're going to take this thing home. But real quick, what happened? Jesus, whenever he got baptized, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and then uh, the voice from heaven came down and said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Before this was the Apocrypha, the, the 400 silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so God hadn't spoken any new word until that point. Amen? We tracking? Then Jesus was led into the wilderness. Now, he was baptized. He didn't do any miracles beforehand. He didn't teach. He didn't preach. Right after the baptism and the, uh, the testing in the wilderness, he went on to preach the Sermon on the Mount. Anyways, what happened was he went into the wilderness and all he had was his father's word. He didn't have a miracle to go off of to say that he was the son of God. He didn't have a healing to go off of that he was the son of God. He didn't have anything other than the word that his father had given him that he was the son of God. When you're in the wilderness, you have to know and you have to have faith in the word that your father has given you even when the circumstances don't line up. Even when, the, when the, it hasn't come to pass, even when those things haven't happened, you're going to be in the wilderness. I'm not prophesying over you. I'm just being real. And you have to know that the word that you, your father has given you is true. We've all been in the wilderness. We've all been there with just a word. Amen? Damon, take it on home. Oh, come on. Y'all can do better now. Give my hand a clap. He just did something that a lot of people uh, can't do, man. And a lot of people want to, and I want to pray for you real quick. If you have a call in your life to minister, but you're yet and still afraid to take that little leap. Matter of fact, Derek, I want you to come pray for him. Derek is, has come out of that, and now this cat's on fire for Jesus and doing all kinds of... Uh, so if that's you, you have a calling in your life to minister... Uh, please lift your hand. Be bold now. Go ahead and be bold. Amen, amen, amen. First, the first step is you've already taken the first step. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I come against the spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. He has no footing. 
He has no ground in this place. Father, where you said wherever we tread our feet, it is ours, Father. So they're stepping out on faith right now, and they're treading their feet, and they're taking back what the enemy has stole from them. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I put in courage in them. Lord, I put in your word to them, Father, that your Holy Spirit fall fresh upon them, Father, and anoint them from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet. Father, that you do a work in them that they'd never even experienced before, Father. You talk to them in ways that they'd never even experienced before. When they wake up in the middle of the night, Father, they know that it's you that is calling them to their destiny, Father. And you have told me, Lord, step into your destiny. Step into your destiny in the name of Jesus, and we thank you right now, Father. We glorify you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you very much. So what an honor. It, it, it's so great to be here with y'all. Uh, we're going to dive right in. If y'all want to turn to Mark 5, Mark 5, we're going to read through uh, 1 through around 20 or 28, 29. I don't know where we're going. We're going to start in verse five in, in Mark five verse one. It's uh how many uh, hunters we have in here today? First uh first weekend of bow season, and so thank y'all for being here, hunters, being here and and not missing what God has for you. Some of y'all are in your Christian walk like a hunter uh, is is uh, going around just hoping that the big one walks up. Some of you in your Christian walk just hoping God does something. What if we begin to have tongues of fire prophesy like it is done? What if we begin to speak with the encouragement that he has given us with the power of the Holy Spirit? We'll be hunting for different stuff. Mark 5. Are y'all okay today? Y'all are a little bit quiet? Do we need to do any kind of exercising or anything? Uh, remember, I, we like like he said, you know, we're, we're youth people, so we're used to uh, loudness and hollering back and amens, uh, money, uh, you know, just whatever. Uh, food. Yes. yes. Mark 5, they went across the lake to the region of Martin Springs. I like to personalize stuff. I like to personalize the word. They went across the lake to the region of Martin Springs when Jesus got out of the boat. A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Huh. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore. We're talking a strong dude, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So I want to address a couple of things. A lot of people are thinking that the issue of cutting that we're hearing uh, young people dealing with is a, it's this new thing that they do. No. It's thousands of years old. Thousands of years old. And so... If we believe that we have the same power that raised Christ from the dead, so therefore I'm fixing to tell y'all how to subdue that spirit. Is that cool? Okay, good deal, good deal. Make sure we're in the right, right home. Now, I'm talking crazy. I'm not talking like your crazy uncle. Ain't nobody got a crazy uncle, do they? You know, he has a little bit too much to drink at the family reunion. Nobody's got that, do they? 
Nobody's got that. The aunt that everybody just says, that ain't my aunt, but you know that's your aunt. Anybody got that? So we're talking straight up crazy. We're talking this cat is in the tombs. We're talking this cat is in the cemetery. And one of the, one of the uh, uh, descriptions, one of the other uh, gospel readings of this is he was naked, stayed in the tombs, chains couldn't hold him. And he went around cutting himself. Now, we're taking crazy to another level. We're not talking like, you know, I worked in law enforcement. Mitch worked in law enforcement uh, and, and, and been in church a long time and seen my share of oppression and depression and possession. And I want to tell you, I've never just been chilling and walk up on somebody like that. Now, if they want to come at me, they can try to come at me, bro. But, so here, and, and, and I'm, we're talking to these guys out there. So Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. He replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd of them, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. So first of all, let's look at some things. Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, has found himself, has stumbled into an interesting location. Um, first of all, he, he, I'm sure they set, they got off at a, at a fishing dock. I'm sure that's where they got off at because that's normally where they got off. And, and so they, they, they find themselves a fishing town to get off. And then he stumbles into a place covered in tombs and the crazy guy cutting himself. He's naked and uh, can't be, can't be, nothing can tie him down. Nobody could subdue, subdue him. And they have two Thousand pigs. Anybody ever smelt a farm pig? Just one, two, three of them. You can drive by, oh, that's a pig farm, right? You, you know the smell of a pig by, and we're talking 10, 15. Uh, we, we, we talk a lot. We're all from the country. We live out here, and, and we have herds of pigs, right? Wild pigs. We'll see. You know, it's nothing to see 20, 30, 40, 50 wild hogs in a group together we think man that's a big group of pigs and i've seen the damage that that group can cause two thousand pigs so can we just stress um the hygiene in this area is probably not smelling like real good I've been to a lot of camps. I've done youth ministry now for about 20 years, and I've smelt youth. <laughs> I, I've smelt youth. I, I've smelt 5.6 after they went outside and played and came in. Um, I, I've smelt the smells of ministry. I don't think I've smelt anything like that. But the creator of the universe... To reach one crazy guy, the town had dismissed him. You ever felt dismissed? 
the town had dismissed him. His family had dismissed him. His churches had dismissed him. Everybody had dismissed him, not because it was their fault, but because, man, this cat is crazy. We're going to put him out there in the tombs. He can do whatever he wants to do. See, that's what the enemy does is puts you somewhere where you can do whatever you do. And before long, you find yourself eating the same thing the pigs are eating. You find yourself smelling the same way the pigs smell. You find yourself in the same situation that they're in because they're around you. That's the danger and the scary part of when you lose your shelter in a church head or in a family head or whatever that shelter may be. See, when you're on the outside looking in, the outside starts to become who you become. I'm not saying you're trash, but if you hang around trash, guess what? You're going to smell trashy. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. Of course, y'all should have seen what I seen. And the people went out to see what had happened. You know, somebody when somebody hears something happen, uh, Johnny, you can probably tell us if somebody hears there's an accident. Why is everybody here at the accident? Because somebody heard something happen. And 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 anytime there's something that is worth talking about somebody's going to come check it out so basically they had to go see this first of all they knew the dude that cut himself he's not cutting himself and remember the pig farm it's not there no more because they all ran down this big steep field and you just got to it's, it's one guy it's this jesus guy yeah man he's setting it off they didn't know he was, how, how much he was going to set things off, did they? They didn't know he was going to divide even time. All right, y'all ain't with me this morning. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. A lot of times we skip the good parts when we read, meditate on that. So the townspeople come and they want to check it out. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed, the one butt naked, the one with cuts all over him, the one living in the tombs, the one hanging out with the pigs. When they got there, they saw the man who was possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. See, he calms you. Y'all ain't. I want to tell you something. There is nothing like the peace of God. Even when you're going, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Even when, when, when all hell is breaking loose and the finances don't look good and the report from the doctors don't sound good, when you got peace, it puts peace in a new circumstance. It puts peace as everything. Whoo, I need peace. Saw him sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. Listen to this part, though. And they were afraid. I want to tell you something. Sometimes God does something so big that we can't even help but just go, what? 
you can't help but be in a situation. We may be in church, and God starts doing something with somebody that's oppressed, depressed, or possessed, and all of a sudden, yes, you get a little bit scared. Because when the Holy Spirit starts doing things, we can't see this thing, right? We can't see, but we see the results. So all they saw, they didn't see the pigs. They didn't see the thing. They didn't see all this happen. All they saw was the results. And the results were the crazy man is sitting there calm and dressed, and they were afraid. Listen, Jesus is wanting to do something in you, and I want to tell you something. When you go to your home and when you go back in your school, the people around you will be afraid. That's the change he wants to make in you. I remember well when, when my family as a whole, my extended family as a whole, started to live for Jesus. Many of y'all know this feeling. It's an awkward time in your household. Some would even say it's a little bit, uh, uh, you're afraid of it. All of a sudden, you're coming home and like, well, let's pray. Father God, thank you. It's real different. And so let me tell you all something. When the world sees what Jesus is doing, and sometimes even when we see what he's doing in us, we get afraid. We get afraid of the things that we don't understand. How can he take that mess of a man and calm him and sit him? First of all, then they're going to start being religious and going, oh, so you're a man of God and you're going to have that foul creature sitting beside you? Pharisees, Pharisees. Listen to what Jesus says. Those that those that people had seen it told the people what had happened, the demon-possessed man, about the pigs, and of course the whole thing. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. How many of y'all don't wait, don't raise your hand? How many of y'all, when Jesus started doing something so new and fresh in you and your family, there was a part of you that said, I was so much more comfortable when I was the way I was. I was so much more comfortable when I would hit the club whenever I wanted. I was so much more comfortable when I could sleep around. I was so much more comfortable when it didn't matter who I said and what I said and who I was with. I want to tell you something. There's a part of you that has to leave comfort. <laughs> There's a part of you that has to jump. Here comes the biggest part of this whole sermon, on my part. Not that uh, it's, it's different from Corey's, but I want you to understand there's identity in this as well. As Jesus was getting into the boat, first of all, he didn't argue when they told him to leave. Real talk. Did he? The next thing it says... As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged, begged to go with him. And this is what Jesus says, and he says it to us right now. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people 
and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has shown mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the city of Sulphur Springs and in Martin Springs and Como Picton and Mount Vernon and Mount Pleasant and Winsboro in every community and in Disney community and every, every place that there was how much Jesus had done for him and the people were amazed. Let me tell you something that Jesus is saying to us this, this very moment louder than than he ever has before, and that is two simple words. Go home. Why did he say that? Because if he would have just saddled up and been another squad with Jesus, well, he's just squatted up with Jesus. Who wouldn't want? I mean, first of all, who wouldn't want to be that? When you're in this building, you're expected to want some Jesus. So what we need, the church, in order for us to speak the language of revival, is for us to go home. Because it did, he didn't let him. You know why? Because if you're just with Jesus and people that don't know you don't know what happened to you. <laughs> but when you go back to the very household, come on. When you go back to the very same job place, when you go back to the very same school that knew the naked man that was cutting himself, that, that you are the mess that you were, and you go back to that place and you become something new, that's how revival starts. Go home. If you're on staff, if you're a deacon and elder and your and your spouses, if you work in 5.6, if you work with the children on a very, very regular basis, basically if you teach, preach, minister in this church, I want you to stand up. Yeah, give them a hand clap. Yeah, they look good. Oh, come on, give them a hand clap, man. They look so pretty. And they have no idea what I'm about to do to them. So um, I want y'all to do me, uh, be a part of this sermon, if you don't mind. Be a part of this illustration. Uh, if you would, if you're standing, don't sit down now. <laughs> if you're standing, if you would please come up on the stage, would be great. Because I'm not talking to you for a little bit. I'm not saying they are perfect. Understand that. I'm not saying because we may get a check or don't get a check or got a title or don't got a title that by any means we are perfect in any way, but I want to do this. I want to make sure that we understand that revival will not happen because of them. Revival will be happen because of you. Because revival can only go so far when it's just contained in the church. I need, the Spirit of God is needing to tag y'all in.